Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Talk Recorded live. Okay, okay, okay. So I am on with uh, the person I gave a new nickname to, Studette. I am on with Monica <laughs> Mazur. Okay, love it. And um, we are doing session six of Happily Ever After. This is the session that brings it all together. Makes it, and then you actually really get a chance to see how simple relationships really are. I mean, it's, like, it's stunningly simple once you really know what there is that you're dealing with. And so uh-huh. this session is this session is about that. It's it's so simple. It's like crazy, and it's so loving, you know. Um, that that's amazing. And so uh, you know, we're gonna cover that today is um, May seventh, two thousand and sixteen. Excuse me, two thousand seventeen. Duh, um, I'm a year behind over here. Uh, two thousand seventeen. <laughs> it's a little bit after ten a.m. Uh, or the Sunday morning, and um, yeah, so it's uh, me and Monica doing our thing here. So, um, Monica, go ahead, and uh, you started to talk about what was going on for you, you know, as a recap, because I do want to know mm-hmm. what happened since, you know, how's the life been since our last session, and um, so come on, talk to me. So, um, thank you. So, and thank you for, for, for catching me, and because, you know, obviously having this on tape would be very helpful. So, um, mm. tape. There's no tape. This is like my mom, you know, the, the <laughs> wires are not good today. I'm like, mom, there are no wires. So, um, <laughs> you know, when the internet is not working, the wires are not very good today. So, mm. um, I left, uh, my ex-boyfriend with whom I was, you know, when I first reached out to you at the end yeah. of last year. And yeah. it was quite, um, um, stormy, I would say, because he did not want me to go, obviously. And then when I actually said that I will go anyway, he ended up um, inviting himself over a girl from um, Team Florida. He met in Team Florida uh, at our yeah. weekend in, in Chicago. Um, and she literally moved in the next day after I moved out. However, uh. he, still kept, he still kept bugging me on um, social media, and he still kept... Um, finding reasons to talk to me. And this, this was literally de- December 31st. My birthday was January 24th. So three weeks, a little bit over three weeks after I left. And Tony, it was insane. I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but it was insane because even when I was getting dressed to go to TGO, mm. and we used to do TGO together. I, the first time I remember going to TGO and, and getting dressed, I was like, wow, I can wear whatever I want to. <laughs> I just got really present to like how I had no self-expression with him, zero, mm. and I wasn't even present to this because it was just kind of happening as we went along, and I was just kind of sub- more and more submissive with this relationship, and I was like, wow, this is mind blowing. So I, you know, January is awesome. However, mm. I discovered as I moved, um, and you know, he kept playing the game with me because he had and still does have my furniture. And, you know, I purchased my furniture uh, right after breakup with my ex-fiance, literally the year before, 2015, at the end of the year. So the furniture was like six months old. It was all like nice. It was the first adult furniture I decided to buy for myself. So, you know, and I literally spent probably like five, $6,000 on, on all of that. And he did not let me take anything. Um, he didn't let me take it in the sense that, um, you know, he wouldn't let me carry it myself. I mean, I couldn't carry Whatever I could take, I took myself. And um, he wouldn't let me schedule movers and come get it. 
Um, mm. So how would, this would have had to look like is me scheduling movers, me scheduling the police and just showing up there. And I was yeah. so conflicted because it was just giving me so much anxiety just to think about it and all that. And that kind of was January. But as January progressed, I, st- I started discovering that things were missing, that my things were missing. Like my second phone, my iPhone, with pictures of my clients and my old pictures was missing. My um, iPad, I retrieved like a couple of days after, you know, moving because I was like, you have my iPad. Like, oh, my daughter was playing with it. I was like, dude, that mm-hmm. iPad was locked up. No one was ever mm-hmm. playing with it. You took mm-hmm. it. And he did take it to like log into Facebook to see who I'm mm-hmm. talking to because he was suspecting I'm cheating on him, which was total, total bullshit. Now, um, so I discovered that my phone was missing. I discovered that the second car key that I had was missing. I discovered, um, you know, a bunch of things were missing. And on my birthday, and he would be like, nice and not nice, nice and not nice. And, um, you know, I, my commitment was always to be um, helping, to be helpful for his daughter's mother to be the mother from far away. She lives in Florida, and when I was there, I was always making sure that the kids spoke to her daily on FaceTime, mm-hmm. one-on-one, without me in the room and all that. And because of that, the, and I was very upfront, and because of that, the mother and I developed really good relationships. And she was actually one supporting me with the whole escape stuff. Um, you know, she told me all the worst-case scenarios that can happen with him, and a lot of them had happened to her and then to me. Um, so she was helping me a lot at that time. And mm-hmm. um, so that was that. And then, you know, so um, I moved. The girl moved in, and then, you know, they were arguing. And I, um, at some point when I was really, really upset with him, he had, like, illegal guns. He had steroids in the, in the house. He had, um, you know, all these things. And I really, like, was so oblivious, not realizing that if police were ever to come over to the house, I would be guilty. I knew those things were there, mm. you know. So, and I never thought about it. And I, like, before the daughter moved in, I was like, you should get rid of the gun and all this. But he was just dismissing me. So I took pictures of those things. And he, mm. um, and he, apparently, police doesn't do anything about it. Because when I was um, filing the case when I moved out uh, January 1st, because I just filed a case just to have it on paper in case he tries to, you know, destroy my car, threaten me to take the car away and all that. So... I wanted to have it on file. So I did that, and then... Hold um, on, hold on, hold on. I've got a question for you. This question hit me like three or four times. Did you, uh-huh. ever, get, did you ever get legal shield from Sophia? No, I didn't. I talked to those people about it, and, you know, honestly, I just want to, like, right at this point, I was thinking that we just so stressful get to the legal stuff with them. I talked to them no. about to... to mm-hmm. No, so what, what happened is this. You'd be paying, I don't know, $20 a month, let's say, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what happened is you would call them up and tell them your problem, and then mm-hmm. they, would send, they would send an, a letter on, his, on your behalf to him mm-hmm. and to the police, if necessary, to whoever mm-hmm. else needs to know, to the landlord. They would cover it for you without you ever having to go to court in most cases. Mm. Well, uh, I never ended up going to court, Tony. Yeah, okay, so hold on one second. What I'm saying is, a couple of one or two phone calls or one or two emails or, or letters, mm-hmm. and, and he, would, he would surrender to you because he'd be scared he can't afford to deal with the lawyer and see mm. how strong your lawyer is. Mm. Oh, maybe that's, so, that's something to consider. Hopefully I'm not yeah. going to have to deal with him now, but I will definitely keep that in mind. I talked yeah, to like, so that woman like, too. Mm. Yeah, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what state you're in. If you were still dealing with this, but you, you moved to New York and, you know, he's in Massachusetts, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, he's in Connecticut. Yeah. 
Okay, Connecticut, mm-hmm. where, wherever. It doesn't matter because it covers mm-hmm. all 50 states. Got it. Okay. So. Uh, I'll chat with Sophia about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, good. Um, yeah, uh, no, no, yeah. I totally got that. And like I said, you know, at that time, was, there was just so many things. And um, so, yes, yeah, so I moved out. The girl was there. And, I'm, you know, one day, a mother asked me, and she helped me so much. She asked me, Monica, if I was to go to court with you, and I was like, absolutely, I'll support you. I was there. I saw it firsthand for six weeks straight. He has not done anything around the child. So I was like, absolutely, I'll support you with getting the girl back. And I was like, and in the meantime, there you go, the pictures. And the pictures include the pictures of the gun, the pictures of the steroids. And I actually didn't even have them. I sent those pictures to my friend in Germany, and she sent them back to me because if you would have seen them in the car, in my phone, he would have literally killed me. So, um, so Anka, the ex-wife, somehow showed him one of the pictures or something, and so he realized that I had those pictures. Tony, he came to my work, threatened my life. Literally, that was like Monday. Two days later, um, I had my birthday. And he was all nice to me. He's like, you know, I understand why you be, and I don't know, he was on drugs or whatever. I don't know, I understand you're so hurt. I know why you're behaving like this. I hope you're getting enough support from team. And I totally played the game with him in the sense that I was like, you know what? I'm going to retrieve some other things that I want to get from him that he's completely avoiding. Mm-hmm. giving me back the iPad and all this. And I was like, honey, I, you know, thank you so much for being so nice. Like that was the game of games because I was mm-hmm. so fake, but yet I played so well. I literally, when the whole meeting ended, because I ended up going and we ended up meeting literally on the street, he gave me the stuff. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, I cannot, be- that was like so fake. And I can't even believe mm-hmm. that he didn't even see it because I was, you mm-hmm. know, I hugged him. I was like, you know, thank you, blah, blah, blah all that, and then, you know, he gave me the iPad, he gave me the key, and I didn't blame him, because when I approached him about the key over the phone, he was like, oh, you're talking about that, I don't have a key. And so, mm-hmm. so I totally played it, I was like, you know, I miss you, I hope you're happy, I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to see you. Then, you know, after the meeting, because he ate it up so well, he, text, he started texting me, that he's going to come over, we're going to have sex. And Tony, mm-hmm. mind you, it's like 11 p.m. on my birthday, it is like January 24th, I think it was Tuesday, the day earlier, he was threatening my life, and was at my work for my life. And this mm-hmm. thing, he's like, you're so nice to me. I can't stop thinking about you. You know, obviously, this girl who I'm dating now, she's not the girl I'm going to be with, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, are you out of your mind? Absolutely not. He's like, you were so nice to me, blah, blah, blah. I was like, whoa. And so I realized that I was like, I'm never going to get rid of this guy up until, you know, I'm around. I need to get myself distracted. And one of my clients goes, Monica, go on Tinder. You're going to get distracted. My 78-year-old client, Tony, my 78-year-old client, was like going to dinner. So, I mean, apparently, it's not so much of a hookup site these days. I mean, it's just lazy people, I would say. In the sense, like, if you were to make a match profile, you have to enter all these questions. You have to pay for it. You have to do all these things. Tinder and those other bumbles and the bumbles, you just, like, connect it with your Facebook profile, put whatever you want to put there, block whatever you don't want to, and that's it. And I... And that was literally, I had no intention of dating anybody. I was just like, oh, this is just going to distract me. Having in between clients and having between stuff, having a conversation with someone via text or via phone. Uh, and that's that. I was like, you know, no intention of anything else. And I spoke to this one guy and then um, I was like, you know, he was very intelligent, but I was like, you know, I, I don't know. He's just too like pretentious to me. I was like, oh, whatever. And then this young kid, and it was funny because all your coaching kind of showed up you know, and kind of mm-hmm. the distinctions too. 
And I, you know, he mm. tell, I was like, so tell me who you are, what you do, what's going on. And he wrote me this big thing. And at the end, he goes, I hope that sounds good. I was like, oh, no. First of all, you know, he wrote me all these, like, facts, like, on the resume, you know, like a job interview. Oh, I worked here and there, and I did this, this was school, and this is where I live, and I have my own house, and I have my own car, and I'm going to buy it. Like, you know, I'm good enough for you. I was like, oh, God, this is bad. So I didn't um, go out to do anything with either of those guys. And then I started talking to Louis, and Louis was very um, – very um, outgoing in the sense like very much he, he was very um, sure about what he wanted to say and how he wanted to say it. Although he was like a little, you know, I'm very communicative and he was, I was like, he's being like either shy or, you know, like just a little slow to communicate or maybe he's boring or maybe he's just stupid. I was like, I don't know, but I was like, yeah, whatever, we'll see. And, you know, and, and we started talking and talking and talking. And I said to him straight up, I was like, listen, I don't want to have a relationship uh, I just got out of this terrible mess. And long story short, we ended up talking, we ended up meeting, having sex, and it was great. And two or three weeks later, I was like, listen, I need to clean up something. Remember I told you I don't want to have a relationship, but actually I do, except, you know, and we started hanging out. Um, but, you know, like on our terms, in a sense, he works seven days a week, and I work a lot and go to New York. But we started hanging out, and, and, um, and I told him, I was like, you know, it's really funny because guys on, on social media know that I'm single. So they've been uh, bugging me. and You know, everybody wants to get in the conversation suddenly. And after me cleaning up with him, you know, I was like, I was very inauthentic with you with this. I was like, you know, I really want to have a relationship, but I just didn't want to get into this another mess, you know, like I just got out from. And he's like, I totally get it. And he didn't, he, was, he actually was like, you know, he's not involved in my marketing anyway. He goes, Ronka, you know, you didn't have to tell me this. I see by the way you're being that you care and you want to have one, and you didn't have to tell me that. And I was like, well, I actually did because I want to be a woman of my word. I don't want to tell you yes, and then I'm acting like no, or I don't want to tell you no, and I'm acting like yes. So that was great because literally a day later, he was like, oh, are you okay with putting the relationship thing on Facebook? He's like, I never do it, but I want to do it. I'm like, yeah, sure. So we did that. And, and you know, since then I met his mom. I met his sister and her kids and you know, and his co like I never met his his um, employee. He has Louis owns a diner and with his brother, and they work there. And um, he also has a supplement company that produces like pre workouts and all that. So Monday to Friday, he's with the supplement company. Saturday, Sunday, he is um, helping at the diner to to kind of watch over all of this. Very driven, very successful. 20, Thirty years old, so uh, a little younger than me, but very mature. He has not been in a relationship in a while. Um, his last girlfriend was much younger than him, just didn't understand he was working a lot. Um, they, we have great, great conversations, like really great. And he's not been involved in Landmark, but just like having really, really deep conversations. And he, you know, literally, literally yesterday, he's like, you know, I could feed you up and, and tell you like exactly what you want to hear, but what's the point? Like, I don't want to do that. Like, you know, um, and, and so, you know, when I um, – you know, I'll complain that we don't do anything because he's so busy. He's like, okay, what do you want to do? Let's plan this, let's plan that. So um, I'm very impressed very much to um, our love languages and how um, that kind of is compatible versus, you know, in the past it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, he really, it's not, he doesn't want to spend all the time together. So that was something from your coaching that I, you know, I was like, and I don't want to do, do it either. Like, even when we had a giant snowstorm, he like mm-hmm. dig out, dug out my car and he goes, honey, are you okay if I go to the warehouse to see what's going on with, I was like, absolutely go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, being snowed in for two days and sitting at home, I would die. I would be like, oh my God, get the hell out of here. And, and same mm-hmm. for him. So it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, the gift stuff is not happening, and it's great. Because, I mean, I hear in there, like, I, you know, I bring things for the house and whatever, but he's very appreciative. He, you know, when we go food shopping or whatever, he's, you know, buying me coffee, buying things that I like uh, for, mm. you know, for food for the house. But it's not like he's buying me a Gucci purse like Marcin would do. Um, mm. I don't care about freaking purses. Um, but, you know, if you buy me coffee and milk, because this is what I'm drinking in the morning, then I appreciate it, you know. So it's not about gifts, but, you know, the effort. Or like, you know, yesterday I said I want to, a couple of days ago I said I want to go car shopping because my car has been like a pain in the ass. Day later, literally the same day, he started texting me different screenshots of different cars and options, and um, I picked what I liked, and yesterday I went to see it. Three days it took. My ex, I was begging him for six weeks, please, please, and I didn't have the old car. I was like stuck at home. So that's mm. been really great. Now, the thing that kind of disturbed all of this and kind of showed up. So um, like a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, I learned that my ex-fiance is expecting a baby with a girl he's been dating after me. And mm. it kind of it hit me, like hit me in the way like, whoa, you know, like there was some, something incomplete there. And I emailed him and I was like, you know, I would, you know, I congratulations on soon becoming a dad. I'm sure you're going to be a great one. Happy Easter. And instead of uh, hearing anything from him other than, you know, anything else, he text, he emailed me back a link to the song of John Legend, All of You, that song that we got engaged to. All of you loves all of me, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. All of me loves all of you, blah, blah, blah. So I emailed him back that I'm going to call him because I didn't want to have all these conversations. And he called me back. And apparently I didn't get the phone call because I had his number blocked by my ex-boyfriend. And here's oh. what happened, Tony. Yeah, so here's what happened. He and the girl were not getting along. They broke up. They broke up their relationship. They moved apart exactly the same day as I broke up with Marcin. And, since, <laughs> and since, they, since that day, Tony, he's been trying to text me, call me, and reach out to me and reconnect. My phone, though, his number was blocked, so I wasn't getting all these messages. Mm. And this is how I was able to, like, meet Louis and do all that, because I am 100% sure that us both in these vulnerable positions would have reconnected, and who the hell knows what else? I mean, who knows? Maybe I would have moved to, to Massachusetts, and, and who knows? And then three mm. weeks later, the girl came to him, and she said she's pregnant. And he didn't want to have the child. He comes from three divorces and all that, but, you know, she was absolutely no way abortion. So they're expecting a baby. He is not happy in the relationship because they're kind of trying to force the relationship now for the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I really, like, at first, I was so sad, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this didn't work out. I love Boston so much, and I mm-hmm. love, like, I miss Boston a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I also miss the life that I had there, which is different than here in Connecticut. But um, long story short, so we had a couple conversations over the phone, and I talked to Louis about it. So Louis knew that I was in communication with him. He didn't know the details of all of this because Chris was, like, really, like, he literally told me, oh, I'm daydreaming that once the kid is a little older, we can get married and do this and that. And it was funny because it was your coaching that, like, got me present to a lot of those things that I was like, uh, uh, uh. It sounds so beautiful and everything, but I was like, he, he kept telling me how the girl doesn't understand him because she's not a trainer, she's not a competitor, she doesn't support him. And I was like, I remember hearing the same things. I was a trainer, <laughs> I was a competitor, I was cooking for you, cleaning, making pounds and pounds of chicken, I was taking care of your dog. And I, I also heard that I'm going to support you. You mm-hmm. know, and, and another thing that um, 
he he has he dominates by you know by being the victim and then another thing that he does is that he doesn't enjoy like the real life like you know having coffee on sunday morning cuddling in like on the couch on saturday night whatever he just wants like those big things he just dreams about the wedding and the traveling to australia and you know those giant things so he he's always like looking for the next high he doesn't like the regular life and I'm like life is not going to be all the highs you know so you have to like chillax so yeah. it, it it was very quick to for me to recognize this like you know with the knowledge that I got from your coaching and the practicing of, of team and all that I was like you know and I was very clear and he went to they went to Europe um for a little vacation with the girls and he literally says to me he's like you know I'm with you he wrote me this gigantic email he was competing he had 10 people because he's a trainer and competitor. He was competing. So instead of backstage taking care of his athletes and himself, he was writing me an email, gigantic email, how he's envisioning us going down the aisle at this, this. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's out of control. <laughs> so, um, so I, you know, on, on Wednesday, I knew that they were flying to Europe. I left him a voicemail. I was like, listen, I want to be very clear. It's not like I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be in communication. But I definitely will not be in a relationship with you. And he also told me not to move in with Louis or, you know, progress the relationship, just take it slow. I'm like, yeah. So I was like, you know, I know that you're, you know, not very happy. And I, I invite you to do the communication courses. So maybe, you, you know, they'll allow you to hear her side of the story and hear, you know, how it is for her, not only for you. And, you know, whatever you say, she's going to be able to get because you're going to speak, you know, out of your commitment. And so we talked about that. Um, so, and I actually, I left him a voicemail. I was like, listen, I want to be very clear. I got you emails and I got all the stuff, but you know, definitely this chapter is closed for me and we're never going back to this. And, you know, don't, um, don't think that, you know, you're going to have a child and then you're going to come back to me and we're going to have a relationship like this is not happening. So that was that. And, and I'm happy I did because I wanted to have this closed. Now <laughs> it is so funny. So, so, you know, everything is going well and, Louis said something that really triggered my point of view. And that was like, you know, in, in case it doesn't work out between us, you know, I want you to have an easy way out of here. I don't want you to, like, be stuck. So, you know, I don't want you to. So we kind of, like, talked already about, um, you know, me moving here and stuff because my lease expires in two months. And I really don't want to be where I am right now because I'm very close to my ex. So I'm in the same town my, my ex lives. And I really don't do anything there other than sleeping and working next door, and that's it. Like, I don't do anything there. So I, I don't want to be there, even though being um, here, because I'm here at, at the house today. Sorry, I'm just washing my hands. Um, it's, you know, it's not convenient to go to New York from here, because it's a little bit further towards Massachusetts. But whatever, it is, it is what it is. So that's that. And um, so, you know, about me moving here and, and all that. So that's going to be great. Um, in the future, but what triggered my point of view was when he was saying how, you know, he doesn't want me to pay rent, he wants me to have an easy way out, and he wants me, you know, if he doesn't want me to be here because it's more convenient, he doesn't want us to be stuck, he's like, you know, if anything, I want to be together because we want to be together, and that, he's like, you know, your ex made it so hard for you to leave, and, you know, you are not happy, he was, you know, he was not, he was holding you kind of like you know, forcing you to be there and making you unable to leave. And I was like, yep, that's totally true. But all that he was saying, even though logically I knew what his commitment was behind all of this, I made it mean like, you know, you're not good enough and, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
So, so, so that was my point of view. And to, so, you know, my ex and my ex fiance chapter totally closed. That doesn't exist. Now, there's this guy that I have on social media, on Facebook and on Instagram, and his, they, uh, his name, I don't know him. I, don't, I have never met the dude in my life. Um, he, yeah, I have no idea who he is. Uh, we've been friends for a while. And he seems like a great guy from what he's posting, but, you know, everybody can post whatever they want to post. Mm-hmm. And um, one day last week, and I, before meeting Louis, had a total crush on him, <laughs> like a total crush mm-hmm. So one day, and I mean, I would never reach out to him and, and spark a conversation. Well, maybe I would, but I was in the, not in a position to do it. But anyways, mm-hmm. I, he posted something. Oh, I know. In his Instagram story, he posted something and he was in Boston. And I totally spontaneously wrote back like, oh, the fav- my favorite city on earth. And we started, um, if you hear weird noises, that's the dog. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's going to be making some weird noises here because he's excited. So um, I, wrote, I wrote him, uh, you know, the favorite city on earth. And we started that day, we started talking. And you just chatting around. And, you know, like I told you earlier, I had a total crush on the guy, absolutely crazy crush on the guy earlier. And... Um, and, yeah, so I literally just wrote Best City on Earth to him. And he, you know, disagreed. He said the Nashville is better. We talked, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, nothing, nothing, really, not, nothing really significant. Um, and then, you know, just, just like a random chat. And he asked me if I live in Boston. I told him I don't, blah, blah, blah. He asked me where I'm in Connecticut. I was just joking around, whatever. And, you know, talked about whether we have common friends or not. Mm. And, um, you know, and and so it was just completely platonic conversation. Um, And when I asked asked whether, you know, we have common friends, he's like, oh, I don't think so. Um, And and then he goes out of nowhere, I know your boyfriend. I was like, well, maybe you do. And, um, you know, and he goes, well, if you become single, let me know. And I said, you know, I wouldn't. Because, you know, that's, that's not how I function. And he, he goes, well, why would you message, a, a, you know, an, uh, another guy over here and have a boyfriend? Because you're so strict. And I said to him, I was like, it, it was not my intention, it, any bad intention. I, it was just, you know. And he was like, all right, well, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and it, there is something, Tony, and it's just so funny. I mean, like, you know, now that I did team, I, like, speak my mind however it is. And I say, yeah. you know, I have full self-expression with many things. So there is something that this guy that intrigued me, and it wasn't even, you know, he's tall and he's handsome and he has, like, four siblings or something, and, like, you know, his sisters all have kids and he's a great uncle and he's, like, 35 or 36 and, you know, Catholic guy just like I am and all that, blah, blah, blah. But there is something about his look. His, like, you can see that he doesn't have self-expression, despite the fact that he looks the way he does. And, mm. like, you can see, like, the sadness in his eyes. Like, you can just see it. Like, I don't mm. know. And so, I, you know, when he, um, I said, you know, um, he, he does agree. You know, when I said to him, like, my intention was not any bad, he said that he disagrees. And I was like, well, that's valid. You're free to have your own opinion. And I said, you know, I'm not going to write anymore. Um, and then he was like, okay. And then I said, you know, I was like, you know what, I have to say it. And I said, in all seriousness, there was something that intrigued me about the status in your eyes, despite your mm. smiles left and right. Something that you got there hiding. Um, mm. But I hope you're happy, and that's that. Cheers, and thanks for chatting. 
and he wrote like two seconds later, <laughs> and and so mm. I'm assure, I'm sure that you know there is something that like that trigger there. Well, I assure you there is no sadness in my eyes. I live a beyond blessed life, um, and I can say honestly that there is nothing about it that would change or could, could ask for anything. And that's fantastic. What I was wrong, um, and then you know a couple mm. minutes and I, a couple of minutes later he said thank you for reaching out. Good luck with your relationship and everything. Um, and then he didn't say anything for like an hour. And then he responded to me, you know, it's probably inappropriate for me to say, but you have an amazing body. Hope it's being appreciated and receiving plenty of attention by your guy. And honestly, that like really was like, oh, you know, and I said to him, I can be with any communication, no judgment. So thank you for your compliment. But it made me think of how it is not easy for, to people, especially males, to get you for who you are when you are pretty or fit or you have a good body as a woman, you know. And again, no yeah. offense, no judgment. It's easy to misunderstand that when you're writing and not speaking. That's why I'm putting it here. Also, mm-hmm. I said I won't write anymore. So, and, and then, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think he got triggered then. And he goes, no reason for a woman in a relationship to message any man she doesn't know for any reason. Same as I'm sure you aren't okay with your man privately messaging and texting beautiful woman he doesn't know personally. I know you messaged me because you're attracted. It bothers me you're playing naive. So that's why I said I don't. Then don't text. If you have attraction in text, keep on texting. And I said, you're right, and thank you for calling me out on my inauthenticity. Uh, you're certainly many women dream, uh, dream come true kind of guy, and you know it. Attraction in text, yes, but not when I'm dating someone. I'm sorry I bothered you. And he said to me, um, if that changes, let me know. I definitely enjoy – oh, and this, is, this was another thing that was just like, oh, turned me off so much. I definitely mm. enjoy that beautiful, sexy body of yours, and I'm pretty sure you would enjoy mine. And I was like, yuck. You know, I had a crush on a guy who was a family guy and who is, you know, good looking, but like, you know, for whatever values I imagine he had. In the meantime, he only is interested in a beautiful, sexy body. And when he, in one of the sentences, he, he wrote like, I hope it receives, not you receive, but I hope it receives plenty, uh, I hope it's being appreciated and receiving plenty of attention by your guy. I was like, <laughs> oh, blah. Mm. So, um, so that's that. Yeah, so, so um, that's funny. I was just talking to Sophia earlier today. Uh-huh. She's the last person I was speaking to before this call. She told me to tell uh-huh. you hi. She's happy that we're finishing this and whatnot. Thank and, you. You know, she... I think her sister, I was talking to her and one of her two sisters, and um, they had said something about a relationship situation that popped up for them, and I let them know that, and I just distinguished it inside of their speaking, is that um, mm-hmm. they, did, they didn't, she wasn't experiencing a uh, test. It wasn't the universe testing you. It was a lesson from the universe, so you don't have to do that no more or deal with that anymore. Mm. So, so I want you to know that, you know, in case you're just wondering, is this the universe trying to test me something? No, mm-hmm. it's trying to teach you something. Mm. So yes. if, you, if you walk, see, the sooner you get lessons, the less you have to fail or, or, or be a victim of those lessons because it's not like those things are not going to be out there. They're out there, but, you know, the, the, the thing is for you to be able to handle the mm-hmm. things that are out there quicker, better, more efficiently or whatever to make yourself, keep yourself in the char, you know, in the area of being happy. So, yeah, you're going to run across jerks. You're going to run across stupid people. You're going to run across guys that's too nice or, you know, whatever, too shallow, whatever. But, it's, you know, like if they come around you, that's not, that's not the universe trying to test you. 
It's you learning how to deal with that, so it's not even a problem anymore. Make sense? I got it, yeah. No, it was, yeah. it's really, you know, because speaking of, I mean, Louis is very attractive, and I think there's one thing that, like, I am used to and I'm not getting is mm. that he is um, not as tall as the guys that I used to date. And actually, it was mm. one of the things that he said to me at the beginning. He was like, um, when we talked before we first met, <laughs> and I made a whole inappropriate joke about it, because he mm. goes, you know, how tall are you? And I said to him, it doesn't matter. In bed, everything equals out. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and he is just barely taller than me. And mm. for me, that, you know, if you were asking me as a human being, he's taller than all the guys I've dated together, add it up, you know, he's bigger than mm. all of them, because he gets, he, like, it, like, it's just a totally different level of a human being, like, someone mm. who is straight up, someone who is really, really, um, like, very honest, you know, very honest to the point that, like, he said to me yesterday, he's like, you know, I could feed you up with whatever you want to hear, but what's the point, you know, mm. so, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so, you know, he's a totally different kind of, uh, kind of a person, um, and then, you know, my stupid mind just wonders like, oh, but you know, the guy is so tall and so pretty. And I'm like, what the hell, Monica? You're having all this, like, you know, this amazing dude, like what's wrong with you? Um, yeah. And, and, and I was like, you know, I can't even contain myself. Cause I'm like, oh, what that guy would be like. And then, you know, I'm like, he's a total douche. Like, you know, he's your body, your body, your body. I'm like, geez, you don't want that anymore. So right. yeah, so that kind of confronted me like, you know, um, you know, what do I do with this? I mean, um, and then, you know, I had the whole story about oh, what am I supposed to do? What is bad? What am I supposed to tell Louie about it? <laughs> you know, all these mm. things showed up for me and I'm like, oh, you know, you know, what if he like gets mad and tells Louie that I spoke to him? And I mean, I'm like, there's nothing really in the property and we just texted back and forth. But I know yeah. Louie's very, um, very like sensitive to this. His wife, yeah. His brother's wife um, cheated on him, and actually, his dad apparently cheated on his mom. They are still together, and they live together, but, um, mm. you know, and I'm talking about, like, someone having sex with someone. I'm not talking about someone talking to someone, um, right. but still, you know. So, um, his dad and his mom, they still live together, but he doesn't talk to his dad because of that. And this is the only reason why I would love for him to do the forum so he can see this from a different perspective. Um, But at the same time, it's really funny. I actually wanted to ask Beth about it or whoever could provide me with coaching because he, like, he is more advanced in so many levels than any of the people that I've known. And, I mean, he could have a breakthrough in the area of time and, you know, and, and creating time for himself and taking the time for himself. But other than that, his integrity level and his, you know, the way he communicates and the way he doesn't live in stories. I mean, it's like, whoa, this guy is a completely different level of a human being um, when it comes to, you know, even like involving him in landmark education. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, would, mm-hmm. you say that this, would you say that this gentleman is, um, has the character, one of his characteristics is that he's actually loving? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So one of the, hmm. one of the things I've discovered, you know, after my second marriage is mm-hmm. I'd rather have somebody who's loving than to have somebody who's did all this personal development because in most of personal development, love is not mm-hmm. a conversation. Mm-hmm. Dating is a conversation. 
you know, meeting the one is a conversation, but being a loving human being, it takes a certain level of consciousness to be loving. It's a, it's a certain level of awareness that comes from being loving that you mm-hmm. can't, you normally cannot get from other personal development programs or the companies that deliver them. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. That's what I'm. That's what I'm hearing. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just checking in. You know. Yeah, and one of the things that I definitely got that you know you said about like knowing who you are and knowing who yes. the person is. He definitely is a person who knows who he is. He mm-hmm. he has a very you know strong foundation of like you know he knows who he is as a human being. He knows what mm-hmm. he wants, and it's not like you know um, it's it's just like. It really like flows. It's easy, you know. It's very easy to um, to like function. And you know, whatever I bring up, like I said, you know, when when he said um, the stuff about, uh, you know, I want you to have an easy way out in case something happens, and I made it all about my point of view of like, you know, I'm not good enough, and the world is scary. All right, he wants a way out. And I think this was a part of the way why I was like so suddenly interested in the other person. I was like, which you know, nothing happened because I'm not crazy, but. Still, I was like, oh, you know, thinking about it. And that was because I was, um, you know, thinking, oh, okay, so, you know, he wants a way out, so I better get prepared in case that happens. And, um, and that's what I thought. But, um, you know, ultimately, I think um, this, this obviously was not easy way out. He just wanted me to know that, you know, his commitment behind having us both happy, you know, and, mm. and not stuck. Mm. Yeah. Because, Can't argue you know, with that. Yeah, right. And so, you know, he definitely, definitely knows who he is, how he is. He's definitely very loving, very affectionate, something I mm-hmm. wasn't getting in my previous relationship. Um, mm-hmm. Someone who I can trust, someone very upfront. And, you know, when I, when I uh, you know, make up, made up the stories and tried to look for, like, oh, what is it about him that, you know, makes things don't work? Well, of course, you know. Of course he's busy, so he doesn't do this with me. So when I brought it up to him, he right away oh, to hold me on, like, oh, hold on one second, mm-hmm. hold on one second, hold on one second. Sorry about that. I got a, uh, um, you know, had a, somebody reaching out to me, and I need a handle. Oh no worries. So no okay, worries. back. All right. So no, so you know, he definitely knows what he's doing and and who mm-hmm. he is and how you know he wants his life to be and um, he's not someone trying to like smooth me in being here. Mm-hmm. And yes. so I mean, but when I try to look for things, you know, when when I had my point of view triggered and I try to look for things that why this is not working. One of the things mm-hmm. that I brought up was, oh, he's so busy, we're not doing anything together. And mm. when I brought this up, he's like, okay, what do you want to do? I heard that there's an you know, awesome zoo in the Bronx. Oh, you want to go to Boston, or you want to do this, you want to do that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, never mind. So he's like, you know, and then yesterday he made fun of me. He's like, honey, I come from work on Saturday after seven hours, and you're still wearing your robe. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's like, you know, we had a classroom on Friday, so I came like at three in the morning. So, mm. 
Yeah, so because, you know, I had to drive here. So I was like, yeah. I know, that's a bad day to do something. So, you know, so there's nothing really that, like, other than, yeah, he can change his height and that's not going to happen. But, you know, there's nothing really that is not, not working, yeah. you know. But then I'm that starting is. to be like, oh, am I too much of a, you know, am I calculating too much like, oh, this adds up and this adds up. So is this like a decision and, and this is just, you know, what I'm trying to make it work and decide that this is the, the choice. But, you know, mm. I'm clearly, you know, enjoying all of this and it's been so easy, mm. you know. So that's, that's what's so – it's been really easy. It's been really, you know, nothing Got is it. forced. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Mm. So, so um, you know, with this relationship, I say to you to let it play itself out mm-hmm. and, um, you know, enjoy each day. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it works, you know, um, then it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But like, you know, you don't, it just, just let, like, accept how it gets, surrender to how it's going. If it doesn't work for you, then it doesn't work for you. And, you know, like there's, there's nowhere to get to. It's like life is a journey. So enjoy the journey in your relationship with him for as long as it lasts, whether it's, you know, another couple of months or, you know, another five decades, whatever, you know what I mean? Got it. Yeah. Got it. So, um, and then I'm going to cover you know, today, it's, you know, it's quite appropriate that, you know, you, you let me know about this now, uh, mm-hmm. covering, covering what it looks like when a relationship's working. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great. That's, that's, what, awesome. that's what today is. That's, that's what today is. We, we covered Very the five good. biggest problems already, and now we're going to talk about, like, what it looks like when it's working, like how to have Fantastic. It. Perfect. Mm. So, um, so you said lots of things about, you know, what you got out of, you know, program coaching that you were receiving. So uh, what I'd like to hear is a couple of things. Since, since you know, I'm, I'm checking in because it's been a while since you know we actually talked. So I want to know what you've retained. You know, what you still have questions about. You know, as a review of the of the program. You know, so I will t- to support you in like um, getting connected to it. You know, I'll let you know what the five biggest problems in in relationships. So it'll help you to remind yourself or whatever, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, you know, you already said the first one, which is not knowing yourself, and so you already connected to that. Um, mm-hmm. Second thing is being able to operate with the opposite sex. I hear you were, you know, doing, you know, focusedly trying to work with the opposite sex in ways that work for you, particularly as well as them. Um, third is managing emotions. I heard you talking about that a little bit. Um, the fourth is dealing with breakdowns. I heard you talk about that a little bit. And then the fifth is miscommunication. I heard you talking about that a little bit. But I also want to know, like, what your experience is, what you're present to, what you're grounded in, what you may have some questions in, because I want to make sure you actually did get the program. You know what I mean? Got you know, whatever you didn't, whatever um, you don't, mm-hmm. and whatever you didn't get, you know, I want to make sure that I give it to you now since this is our last session, you know? Got it. Um I guess those those biggest problems in relations, you know, so you said not knowing who you are. I mean, I don't know how I recognize that he knows who he is, but I'm pretty mm. confident that, that you know, it's there. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's that. Um, let me think. How to deal with breakdowns? We haven't really had many breakdowns, although there were a couple of things, you know, my unanswerable question is, do you really love me? Mm. And I kept... At the beginning, I kept asking and asking, and one day he got all quiet, and mm-hmm. um, and he goes, Monica, do you realize how often you ask, do I really like you, do I really love you? And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I was like, so let me explain to you something. 
there's mm. this distinction of an answerable question, and it has nothing to do with you. Long story short, I was like, can, when that happened next time, can you say, yes, of course, I really love you, and not make it mean anything? But just, because he said to me, like, how would I ask him, you know, what do you make this mean about yourself? How is it for you? And he told me, and you know, it's really, you know, upsetting because I feel like I'm not good enough and I feel like, you know, I'm not doing it. He didn't use the words, I'm not good enough. I'm feeling, I feel like, you know, I don't do a good job and, um, you know, all that. And I was like, this has nothing to do with you. Can, you know, next time, can you just, um, you know, don't do anything. Just say yes and moving on. Don't make it mean anything. But just like, yeah, totally. And now it's so funny because yesterday we were driving and I think at three times I was like, honey, so do you really love me? And he's like, oh. And then I was <laughs> like, oh, that goes again. You know, I met his mother and she really, really liked me. And he, he goes, mom, he literally texted me like, mom called, um, she, you know, the next text. She loved you. Next text. I um I told her you she only met you for a couple of minutes and so first of all I'm like does she really love me second of all does she really love me he says like oh god so like he knows these things and it's really funny because he'll be like oh there it goes again you know and we even joke about him um because he oftentimes will, will be like oh do you hate me and like I think your answerable question is do you hate me because you're constantly asking me do I hate you I'm like I don't hate you what are you talking about. So that's that. So knowing who who someone is, you know, that's like that that's you know, I, I think I got that. Now mm. um managing breakdowns, so it's so like I said, you know, that was a little breakdown. We haven't had like big situations with anything. Um you know, we were out in the restaurant one time and you we were both hungry and cranky and I was asking about his dad and he really doesn't want to talk about it. Um and uh you know, and so I was like, so when did you see your dad last time? And he was like, oh, you asked me the same question. You know, can we stop talking about this? I feel so interviewed. Blah, blah, blah. Then we're driving home. And he's like, I was such a jerk to you, huh? <laughs> like, well, no, I'm not such a jerk. He's, you know, I was like, like, you know, sorry. I was just really cranky and hungry and this and that. And so we never had fights or arguments. Everything is talked through. And even when, you know, he kind of noticed right away when I was like getting checked out because I was so, you know, my point of view and all that. And so we talked about it on FaceTime for two hours and, you know, we resolved it right away. So it was, it's not something that like shows up and disappears. You know, I told him about talking to my ex fiance right away. There was no hidden matter. Um, mm-hmm. Now I'm a little bit conflicted with whether to tell him about the message of the guy and stuff or just leave it alone. I mean, I didn't, yeah, I find him attractive, but I didn't have intentions of like meet him, to meet him or anything. I just, you know, I kind of got in my face, like, what the hell? This guy's like a terrible piece of work, you know? Like, in a mm. sense, like, I would not be interested in, in someone like that. You know, if, if all he, um, um, you know, if all he's interested in, it's my body and the sexy body and enjoying his body. I'm like, geez, I'm past that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't agree. know how, whether I should approach this or not, but, like, managing breakdowns, that, you know, works. Um, I think that we covered, and, and I don't know how you worded that kind of conversation, but um, that, you know, kind of preparing for breakdowns. So, like, even, and, and he did, he managed that conversation, not me, about, you know, yeah. um, about what if this doesn't work out, and so, you know, the, to move apart, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, we got that covered, too. So, yeah. yeah. So, how you cover, how you handle breakdowns, how you, you know, keep them from damaging a relationship is you constantly make agreements. You just keep making okay. agreements. 
So mm-hmm. you're, you're handling that, you know what I mean? And uh, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, you know, you're going to have situations that, you, you know, neither one of you could have ever thought of. But, you know, the fact that you know how to make agreements, like you, you, you have a philosophical or a fundamentally um, uh, agreed-upon way of handling uh, of making agreements, that solves like 90% of the problems that can happen. So, mm. you know, so it's great. Got it. And then, and then it. I'll help you figure out the rest of it because what I'm hearing is I hear that this stuff is staying with you, so I'm, I'm happy, very happy. Yeah. No, it's, it's funny because I, you know, it's kind of funny how you said at the beginning that 60, well, six sessions is enough. And I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know. I think I need more help. It's 34 years of math. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of like it's totally true what you said about all of it in a sense. Like, it's like landmark forum, mm-hmm. you know, like you can't go back to not knowing anymore. But you actually, right. you know, when you leave the landmark forum, it's not like I learned this and I learned that and I learned it's mm-hmm. not informative knowledge. It's kind of like experiential and, yeah. you know, just kind of like you just got it. That's, that's yes. what it is. So you are, you know, I'm right there. Uh, you know, I, I'm a believer. I got, you know, what you were saying, <laughs> and I got how that, um, you know, was because it, it really works. Mm. Really works. Yeah. Love Thank it. you very much. Yeah. All right. So, so now, that you, now that you say that, I will tell you that if you decide it, you don't need to, but if you decide it, you know, mm-hmm. I've got a program. It's, I have a program called The Anatomy of Dating, like the whole process mm-hmm. of dating in in mm-hmm. so, if you ever wanted to do that, you know, I have that too. That takes eight sessions, but, you know, we mm-hmm. can do that as well. So, but I'm um, just letting you know if that's a possibility since you brought up, Got it. you know, that. So, but uh, mm-hmm. um, just throwing it out there. So, uh, every, totally. it, so, so dating has actually nine stages. And so, you mm-hmm. know, you get, you get grounded in, you know, not just the, the, the process of dating, but also what it's like on your end and what it's like for guys on their end. So it's, um, you know, it, it, it'll – It'll help you, you know, to, to not only get into a relationship but keep the relationship hot, mm. like the time with it. Because you know, you ne- when you're in a relationship, you really never stop dating because you're either dating or you're like not dating, which is dating, sucky dating. Yeah. Right. So you're not together, really, but yeah. you're not actually doing something around dating. So you're having these boring ass dates, wondering why the relationship ain't working because you ain't mm-hmm. making real dates because you're, yeah. you're hanging out together, you're spending time together, you just ain't doing nothing exciting. Right. So, and actually, when you're moving together, I think it's probably even easier to get like that because, you know, then you just mm-hmm. don't even have any reason to do anything. Right. But you don't know that you still want to be doing things. But see, after today, that ain't never going to happen to you. The, the doing nothing part is never going to happen to you after today. I promise you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. that's, what, that's what this Very is about. Cool. So, so, okay. So, um, by the way, I don't know if you ever did. I, I I don't remember if you did. If you ever did your uh, your personal life charter, did you ever do that? Mm-mm. You probably want to do that. It'll help you. What's that? I, I, I never heard of it. The session four with the breakdowns. Remember, I sent you mm-hmm. a, a document which you're gonna like who you are. You know what oh, the, yeah. what your mission in life. That that whole mm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now's a good time to do it. You know, and I got present to one more thing uh, here, Tony. About how you said, you know, that my, like, my mission in life is to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And how you were saying that the other person, you know, is helpful when they have the same mission in life. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, you know, I don't want another coach or a trainer because then who knows? I mean, that's obviously task-based thinking because I don't <laughs> want to repeat my, my, my previous relationship. But long story short, uh, I got, like, his mission in life is to make a difference for 
more like for the people who are going to be around him, like his mm-hmm. mother and, you know, people who are around him and his clients, mm-hmm. but also to, like, allow me to be. That's another thing. Like, he really brings up the best in me. When, you know, I'm moving here, he looked up different gyms in the area that I could work at, and, you know, he, met, he made it up front. He's like, you know, maybe you can work enough online. He's like, I don't want any money from you. So, like, if you feel like it's enough that you're going to be online coaching your clients like you do so far, then do that, you know. I mean, if this is what you want to do, do that. He's like, you know, I love for you to sit at home and – and work and, and have this comfortable hours, you know, not go to the gym morning and at night. And, you know, and, but if, you know, he's like, you know, and I love that you're driven and you're not going to just sit here and be like, okay, provide for me, um, you know, cause I'm going to be sitting here. So, but he's like, you know, proactive about it. So it's really, really awesome because he doesn't have the same mission in life per se, but, mm-hmm. um, but he is very aligned and, mm-hmm. When it comes to the mission for a relationship, obviously we both have the same mission for a relationship is to have a family and have kids. Mm, great. And do things together, obviously, but you know, um, mm. as as you know, as a family, and and that's something that I was like not really present to. I was like, I don't really care. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that would be actually really nice. So yeah, so Seven. your coaching totally works, and I want to hear about the anatomy of dating at whatever point, whatever you feel like it's appropriate later now yeah, I, whatever yeah at the end of this session so it'll be on the recording but i want to get this in first okay 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 great so um this is this there's, there's no problems in here that i'm going to provide because we already talked about the five biggest problems in relationships and any problem you have is going to be inside of those five problems mm-hmm. inside of five problem areas Mm-hmm. You know, and, and just as a reminder, so the, uh, you know, the breakdown part um, is the part that makes relationships occur to people as if it's so, so hard to be in a relationship because when you have breakdowns, it affects the emotions in addition to the mm-hmm. breakdowns. It affects communication because now you've got to communicate about the breakdowns inside of upsets. And then also mm-hmm. chances are, you know, he's over there being inside of trying to solve the problem and being successful where you might be inside of, you know, feeling unsafe, insecure, or uncared for. And so you're having conversations about how come you're not paying attention to me? I don't feel safe and secure and all that stuff. I'm not happy. And he's over there, but you're still talking about, you know, the, the incident, whether it's a, you know, a car, you know, with a flat on the highway or whatever, and he's over there talking about, listen, I'm doing the best I can. Let me get this done here. I, don't, I ain't got time to argue with you. Let me just get this done and so I can feel successful, right? And so y'all have, mm-hmm. you know, so it hurts you right in a place where it hurts the most. So you got gender differences uh, uh, popping up in the getting in the way. Tony, can you I got, ask you a question? Can, can I ask you a question yes. as we're going? This? So the, yes. uh, can you remind me what, you know, I think that, that I get it. So the biggest uh, thing for women in relationships is to feel safe and secure and for guys to feel successful. Is that right? That's correct. Got it. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, our success is in, in, a, in the area of producing results and making people happy and all of that stuff. So um, through our ability to provide, to, you know, protect, uh, to keep stability happening like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so um, you know, so you have all of the – then you got communication problems. So you got like – and if a person doesn't know who they are, you got all five problems that happen from a flat tire. Mm-hmm. You know, or not paying your bills on time, you know, so so – so that's what makes relationships complicated because occur, feel so complicated to people because when they try to solve the breakdown, 
they wonder why this relationship is still a mess afterwards because they didn't know how to handle the gender differences. They didn't know, they don't know who they are. So they don't know if the decisions that they're making is still going to be happy with it after they finish making them and they get the results back. You know, they mm-hmm. don't know, you know, how to feel, deal with their emotions. So they're still feeling upset. So they ain't dealing with that. And then they, they may have gotten to a problem or gotten to the solution to the problem, but that, the, that doesn't mean that they're any better at communicating than they were before the problem happened. So they still, mm-hmm. to them, they handle one thing, not knowing that they need to handle all five problems at the same time. And the only way you'd be to handle all five problems is if you can recognize all of them at the same time. And mm-hmm. then when you not when you handle them, they start disappearing. And next thing you know, you're back to nothing, and you're back to love. So. You know that's why it's so important to know all of these things. So I'm going to go over what we need to, what you need to know um, about how to have a relationship working once you got all that stuff handled. Once you know how to mm-hmm. handle that stuff. Now it's going to pop up, but you, the real thing is not so much how to handle it, it's how to make those problems disappear so you can go back to loving each other. Mm-hmm. So, so with that in my session six, we starting with asking a question: What is love? So I'm asking you. So legitimate, hmm. direct question. What's love? <clears throat> so I would, uh, I would really uh, probably quote, or not really quote, the quote of Werner Erhard of um, love is taking and accepting someone for just the way they are and just the way they're not and hmm. letting them be. That's love. Hmm. Got it. Uh, excellent. Um you know, it's funny, it's this question, what is love, has uh, been fascinating to me because uh, mm-hmm. I, got my life pur- I got my life purpose in 2007 in a TNLP mm-hmm. classroom. Mm-hmm. It was my third quarter, first classroom, Friday night, and what I got was uh, my purpose in life is to have love present on the planet. The classroom leader asked the question, I think I said it before, the classroom leader asked the question, the question was, what is the sacred oath you made with yourself before you was born? And mm-hmm. what what are you doing about it? And I started to cry. I shared with the class. I knew my life was about love, right? So I, mm-hmm. I decided I'm, I decided I'm the love coach. Mm-hmm. I'm the love coach. And so and you are. Uh, and yes, you are. I, 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 <laughs> so I had this uh, newsletter. No, I had a blog. I had a blog and a newsletter. In the blog, um, I, I, and uh, let me see. Hey, yeah, the, in the blog, I decided let me def- let me look up love. Let me look up the word love. And mm-hmm. I looked it up on dictionary.com. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there you, 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 you know, were 78 different definitions of love. Oh, my God. <laughs> 78. Oh, my God, 78. I was like, like, I lost my mind looking at this stuff. Because what that tells me is that we don't know what love really is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have our definitions, but they're all fractions of definitions of it. They're just like pieces of it. And so... Mm-hmm. Here's what I say um, that love is. Love mm-hmm. is a principle, period, end of story. The quality of the principle is, you know, you got more than 78 different ways to explain it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. but, but uh, the principle that love is, is a way of being, is an action, is a whole lot of stuff, but if you just look at it as a principle and you live from asking yourself this fantastic question, what 
would love do now? Mm. You will get yeah. you will get present to you know the power of and the clarity of what love really is. Mm-hmm. What would love do now? Let that be your guiding question mm-hmm. when you're dealing with love. Now, in addition to the fact that love is a principle, just like uh, abundance, just like authenticity, just like patience just like gratitude, mm-hmm. um, love actually has qualities. Each principle, every principle has qualities, has these four qualities. It's one of the things that makes a principle a principle. So a principle has four qualities. I'm going to tell you what they are, and, and specifically with love. In fact, I want to tell it to you by how I came to that conclusion. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had a newsletter. It's called uh, The Love Letter. The official mm-hmm. newsletter, the official newsletter of the Tony Bear Show is the newsletter, right? mm-hmm. the love letter. And uh, in it, I have, I write four articles a week. And um, I always wrote like an article personally about my own life. And that was usually the one that people liked the most about, about the article, about the newsletter. So I wrote this article. It's called The Color Blue. And I wrote it because I realized that blue is my favorite color. I mean, I already knew blue was my favorite color. But I started to notice that blue has certain qualities. And then when I realized that blue has certain qualities, I realized love had the same qualities as blue. Get out of here. So I wrote the article, The Color Blue, okay? So what I learned is that love has these four uh, qualities. I would say they're uh, structural qualities. And so these structural qualities is, is, is uh, the same with every principle. And so let me tell you what they are. Mm-hmm. Love. Uh, love always has been and always will exist. Love will always be. Love is never disappearing. Love will always exist. There's always going to be that. Second, love is always only going to be love. It's never mm-hmm. going to be anything else. Right? Actually, that was, the, that was the insight that made me say, oh, damn, and I wrote this article to color blue. Because blue, <coughs> we're never going to run out of blue. Mm-hmm. Right? The blue, the sky's blue, right? We're never going to run out of blue, right? And so we're never going to run out of love either. Matter of fact, love is more prevalent than blue is, right? Mm-hmm. So, the second, so the second thing is there's always, always going to be love. Just like blue, it's always going to be blue. It could be light blue, dark blue, blue-green blue, but it's always going to be blue no matter what shade it looks like. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be blue. If it's not blue, it's red or it's green or it's yellow but, or, or whatever, but it's not blue. When, if it's not blue, it's because it's not blue. It's not because, um, you know, like it's always only going to be blue. So mm-hmm. it's like love. Love is always only going to be love. The third thing is that just like blue is everywhere all at the same time, right? Blue is in the sky. It's always going to be there. It's always wherever it is. It ain't going anywhere, right? Blue mm-hmm. car. Blue cars, right? So Love is everywhere all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth quality is anything can be turned into love. Just like you can have a red car and then take it to the, to the shop and turn it blue. Mm-hmm. Just like you can have long hair and then get it cut short, but it's still your hair, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can turn anything into blue. You can turn cars blue, houses blue, food blue, the blue man troop, troop with the guys that all facing with the blue. You turn anything blue, just like you turn anything into love. 
You can make anything love, which means you can make you can make hate into love. Mm. You can make fear into love. You can turn anything into love as long as you're present to it. Got you it. can also turn you can also turn hate into, uh, uh, love into hate. Yes, because because it's a principle. Yeah. Right, but it's always only love. If it's not love, it's something else because it's not like oh, it's love and maybe, maybe they both maybe you're connected to it. But how you how you have love present is by being present to love. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, because totally. it's always there. So so it's like radio station. It's like I want to listen to one hundred four point three. So you dial till you get to one hundred four point three. Mm-hmm. And that's what love is. Consider love one hundred four point three or one hundred six point seven or whatever number you want to choose. Like mm-hmm. you only go, you're only going to get from that station what's on that station. So that's love. Got it. That makes sense. And like, I really like how you know how you 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 have the question of whatever you know what would love you now. Yes, that's really. And it's kind of yes. like going back to the commitment. But if your commitment is love, then it's very easy to ask the question. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, so I have uh, another question, a couple more questions. So uh, how do you create love? Love in a relationship. How do you create love? By being love. Okay. I got that. Okay. Anything else? Um, yeah, I think by being love. I mean, in a sense, like, you know, and if you, you know, if, 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 um, it doesn't work. Mm. If it doesn't work in the way that you want it to work, um, or you know you don't feel like love is present, then have conversations in the sense like, is this you know working for you? But for the most part, um, I think, and I kind of it, when I look at it, the way I was being in this relationship, and I am being in this relationship for the most part, except a couple of times when my point of view shows up, needed um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Louis the way he is. Yes. So he he sees I'm genuine. He sees I'm um, um you know open. He sees I'm loving. So he and I give him feedback on what he's doing that works, and mm-hmm. and it works. So you know I don't say like oh you don't hug me anymore. I just say like I really love when you hug me, and I really love having the time with you when we mm-hmm. are just chilling and doing something little. You know. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Good. So uh, that was a, that was kind of a trick question because uh, you you really can't create love. I just got finished saying all this stuff about how love is already here, has always been here, is always never going to go anywhere. And I asked you how to create love, and it's like, oh, you just like be it. Well, you could tune into love, but you can't really create it because it was already there. <laughs> so I mean, that was mm-hmm. a trick question. It was a trick question, but already being love works. Mm-hmm. So you you can use that to create a loving emotional culture if you remember mm-hmm. that part, right? Um, mm-hmm. But how you really have, how you really create love, if there's such a thing as creating love, is by recognizing love. And mm. then, right, because it's already there. Even if you're heatful, even if you're heated up, you're angry, you're hot and heavy and, you know, all of that, all you have to do mm-hmm. is recognize that love is there because love is already existing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, be it or let it be you. Mm-hmm. 
you can let love be you rather than you trying to be loving. Mm-hmm. Got it. Right? And so you can do that in any environment, even if people don't want to cooperate with you. Just because they're not being loving doesn't mean you're not or can't. Mm-hmm. You can leave them alone if they don't want to be loving. Hey, I'm 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 offering you love. You don't you don't you don't want it? Okay, fine. I'm gonna go over here. But but um, you letting love take you over, and you recognizing love in the space, looking for love. For example, when you're in a partnership, you're in a relationship. Usually, the reason why this person is so upset is because they love something and they're not getting it. Yes, that's why they would be so upset. They were invested in whatever it is that they were looking for, want, hope for, whatever, and they're not getting mm-hmm. it, so it's an upset. Yeah. And so they're upset with not being able to get love. It's, not, it's no different than a baby getting upset because you ain't changing their diaper and giving them no milk. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really no different, you know? So you want to... Um, Recognize love and let love take you over. You can be it or you can let it be you. Either way it works. Yeah. Makes sense? Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. funny. It's like some of these ideas are so so easy and straightforward and you just don't even think about them <sighs> until you actually hear someone say it. It's like, oh, yeah, for sure. That's exactly. That's, that's why I say at the beginning of this program, it only takes six sessions for you to realize how love, how easy and simple love really uh, relations really are, how simple they are, and mostly easy. Yeah. You know, some decisions you got to make. You don't. None of the decisions are going to be easy because you don't want any of them decisions to deal with. Like, you know, death. You know, like 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 amputation. You know, like like stuff like that. You don't want to deal with because it's hard to deal with, but it's not like it's complicated to deal with. Mhm. You know what I mean? So. Definitely. Absolutely. So, good. Good. So now, next question is, how do you stay present to love no matter what? <laughs> I don't know. <Yeah. laughs> Try anyhow. You might say something to make me think of something. You did it twice already. <laughs> this is an awesome conversation. This is actually one of the best ones I've ever had about this, about, you know, in this session six years, so I like it. So, so uh so how do you pray? How do you stay present to love no matter what? Huh. Try it. I guess you know from the landmark distinctions. If you look at your commitment, yes, to kind of stay present to the commitment no matter what. So I mean, oh my yes. God, the dog just scared me. So it's not really about so much about um, you know having. Um, always oh, the relationship. But if you, mm. you know, if your goal, if your possibility for the relationship to be, you know, loving and whatever, whatever, to have the love present and the, the love is not present, sometimes to part ways is to be loving. So, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of go back to your commitment always to, to um, that person. And that's, that's that. Because I feel like, you know, I don't feel, I see from, from the past and from people around me that from love to hate is a very short road you know it's a thin line Mm. Mm -hmm. so uh to have love present is to always be present to what's your possibility for the relationship any kind of relationship that we're referring to and 
if let's say you start bickering and it's not working for people, to be loving is to part ways. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I, but I don't, I don't know if, you know, when you're talking about relationship and, and you know, if you're staying together and have, have to have love present, I guess it's to make sure that the other person feels loved. But it's kind of hard to really make, make sure that the other person feels loved. Because, mm. you know, I mean, sometimes, like you said, the other person's needs are something that you don't deliver and you love them, but you don't deliver what their needs are. And so, you know, mm. yeah. Got it. Uh, it reminds me of this movie I saw. I don't remember the name of the movie right now, but it was uh, um, this guy was talking to somebody else. It was a military guy uh, talking to, like, I don't know, a secret agent or something. And he says, uh, we specialize in the difficult. The, the impossible takes a little longer, we, but we still do that too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the reason why I said this was, you know, being loving and, and still parting ways, is like one of those things that most people find impossible, but it is possible, you know. So you just kind of, you just pretty much communicated that, you know. So I yeah. just thought that was that was funny. You just reminded me of that that statement there. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Who was, I'm trying to think who the heck said that, you know? I don't know if it was mm-hmm. Bruce Willis, who's Bruce Willis, or somebody. I don't remember, but uh, mm-hmm. anyhow, you just reminded me of that. So okay, great. So you are so close and ain't even funny. Oh, about what you said. Mm-hmm. So how do you stay present to love no matter what? So I got four answers to that. It's four particles to this. Uh-huh. So the first two is exactly what you said. Um, but, I, but I said it two, I'm saying it in two different ways. The first mm-hmm. thing is to recognize what it is you're committed to. Uh-huh. And then the second, the, the second is to remember what you're committed to. But you got to know what it is first. Yeah. So... Um, you know, my personal experience around this is um, fascinating because um, the first time I realized how important it is to remember what you're committed to, I was the uh, team one leader, mm-hmm. and I was the assistant course manager for uh, Power to Create. Mm-hmm. And um, the course manager was angry at me for being selected team one leader. She did not mm-hmm. think I should be team one leader. And she tried uh-huh. to sabotage me every chance she got. Uh-huh. She was disgusting. She tried to get me thrown out of landmark. It wasn't just you shouldn't be team one leader. She went hardcore. Wow. And, I, and I'm, like, pissed and angry and hurt and all of this stuff. I'm like, because I wanted to be team one leader because I wanted to take care of team because it looked like team was in trouble like two motherfuckers. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, listen, all right, I'm going to step up and take this on because team is in trouble. You know, and I had been a staff member. I had been an ILP, you know, introduction leader. I had been, um, you know, on a men's team. I had been in a lot of leadership positions. I was a core supervisor. I was a staff member. I'm like, yo, this is not how it's supposed to be going here. So anyhow, Sunday afternoon of this communication course, um, I'm sitting, uh, I'm, I'm walking around, and the course leader, uh, Ellen Chavez, I think she still does the weekends, I think she was part, she, at one point she was part of the, uh, the weekend leaders for the TMLP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, um, she was um, leading the course, and um, she could see I was on it. I was on it the whole time I was around the course, right? So she sent a note to somebody, and the note said, tell Tony that he's got 10 minutes to get off it or, say, or he's going home. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm the team one leader. 
I am not going <laughs> to happen. I cannot be sent home because I'm out of control and I'm a team one leader. Oh, hell uh-huh. no. I don't know. Can't cut my my credibility. Fuck that. <laughs> so, but I'm like, how do I get off, how do I get off <laughs> it with her? I'm so angry. Oh, my God. So I sat in the center Sunday afternoon, sitting in the center office. And this woman comes in. Turns out she's the, uh, the center manager for the Toronto Center. Now, the quarter before, I was a team one expansion accountable. And my committed colleague was a Toronto team, uh, team uh, expansion accountable. And he had, um, they registered in their power to create 25 people in a team one. I was like, wow. And so I think we only registered between three and seven people to join team uh, when I was a team one expansion accountable. So when she came in, I, was, I acknowledged her, hey, you know, how you doing? And, you know, I, I acknowledge you for being, um, you know, someone who can be a clearing to have a 25 people registering a team, one program. Wow, that's amazing. She said, thank you, thank you, because I didn't heard Ellen, friends, because Ellen's from Toronto. So um said, wow, thank you. And uh, what are you doing here? She said, what are you, you know, who are you and what are you doing here? So I said, I'm the team one leader, you know, for this quarter, and I'm also a course, uh, manager, course uh, manager accountable, assistant course mm-hmm. manager. And, um, and I'm sitting here because Ellen told me, she sent me a note and said, uh, uh, I only have, I got 10 minutes to get off it, or else she's sending me home, and I only got six minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do I couldn't. Like, it was amazing. She's, uh, she's only four minutes later, right? So we kind of both laugh. <laughs> and she says, so uh, what are you committed to? That's, yeah, exactly. Uh, one question. I hated to hear it, and I was thrilled to hear it at the same time. And at that point, I realized I'm committed to the people in the program getting registered, getting taken care of. I'm committed to her winning. I was so much more committed to, like, everybody's good that I couldn't even be mad at her no more. And ever, since then, and ever since then, I realized the power of, of knowing what you're committed to. Yeah. Because it was, it was instant. It was less yeah. than I blink, and I transformed right there in that. And, and isn't it that you kind of forget that you were mad about what? Because it's like it takes over? Yes. Yeah, I forgot I was mad at her. I mean, I didn't forget, but it's like, well, I'm not committed to being mad at her. I'm committed to her winning. Come on now, let's go. You're like, okay. So uh, she 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 was not going to get off it. But that, that, just because she wasn't going to get off it doesn't mean I couldn't, you know, or wasn't going to. So, um, so yeah, so when, in that moment, that was a lesson, boy. That was like, yo, um, you know, you can get off it, bro. You really can. <laughs> so um, that was my lesson, and so that's why I know you. First, you got to recognize what you're committed to, mm-hmm. and then rem- and then re- you can easily remember it. So those are the first two pieces. The third piece is staying present to uh, love, no matter what. Not necessarily staying present to being loving, or whether or not you and your partner love each other. Be present to the to the principle of love no matter what in your relationship, right? So I said there's four things. One is recognizing what you're committed to. Second is uh, remember what you're committed to. Third is to be present to the Mm -hmm. impact. Be present to the impact, not consciously choosing to be loving. Uh Has one relationship. So here's some of the impacts, not being present to – being loving has on relationships. You won't know what's best for you or your relationship or your partner. 
You can be controlled by others who know what they're committed to, like your partner can be more highly committed than you are. Mm-hmm. You can become emotionally explosive and chase people away. You can experience life as a victim with no power. You could passive-aggressively manipulate the people in your lives. You'd be truly unable to be happy. You'd be unable to keep mature, loving relationship partners in your life. And you won't be able to be a match for your highest aspirations for being in a relationship. Mm. What's the impact? Yeah. That's the impact. All of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're going to get the email recap on this show. So, uh, and then the last mm-hmm. thing, the fourth thing is, by, um, so the first thing is recognizing what you're committed to. The second is to remember what you're committed to. The third is by being present to the impact of not being present to it. And then the fourth is by knowing how you're going to react when things happen to you. So remember the top negative reactions to humans in the emotional phase, the section? You got to no, know. I don't. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, in, um, so in the part about not managing emotions, I sent you a list of the top negative uh, reactions of humans. Mm-hmm. So there was aggressiveness, defensiveness, oh, yeah. you know, anger, right, all that, right? So that list. You got to know which one of those things trigger you so that you can keep them from getting in the way of you having love present no matter what. Mm-hmm. So everyone knows how the people in their life will react to things, but they don't know how they'll react when things happen. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for you to recognize and choose how you're going to react when something happens to you. Like you already know how it was with uh, Marcin, how yeah. he would react to things. Mm-hmm. But you might not know what's conscious of how you would react to things. You would just be reacting. Mm-hmm. So you need to know how you react to things so that you can keep those reactions out of the way of love. Mm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Great. So now that we've talked about love, now we're going to talk about the relationship. Ready? Mm-hmm. Great. So the key to making relationships simple and have it be the relationship of your dreams with the partner of your dreams mm-hmm. so, that all, so that all you're doing is your favorite things in your, with your favorite person in your favorite places until somebody dies. This is mm-hmm. what you got to do. You have to, mm-hmm. be able to, you have to be able to effectively manage both today and tomorrow in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Let me explain to you what I mean. So human beings have the ability to think about yesterday, today, and tomorrow. However, based on evidence, most of us don't know how to focus, keep track of, or manage all three. We either worry about today and forget about tomorrow, worry about tomorrow and ignore much of today, or worse, stay mentally into the past, which doesn't work. It's totally possible to be able to manage both today and tomorrow. Totally possible. When you look mm-hmm. at business, when you look at businesses and sports, 
what you'll see is the most successful of them operate in both domains. So what I mean is they're playing basketball. Mm-hmm. It's trying, they're trying to score in this moment because they need to score in this moment in order to win this game. But mm-hmm. they're halfway through, but they're halfway through the season, so they're looking mm-hmm. at being champions at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, at the same time, they're making sure they score in this possession. Got it. So they, so they're thinking about today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, that makes sense. <laughs> so, so um, that's how you want to look at your relationship. You want to look at it from right now and tomorrow. Whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. So, so we're gonna talk about that. So, romantic. It's kind romantic, of like unfold, kind of like unfolding, Tony, right? Yes. But not really. It's but it makes kind. sense. Yes. So, romantic relationship need, in order to experience them at their best, needs to be taken care of in the present and the future. Mm-hmm. So. So here's the four areas that need to be managed for that to happen. You have to manage your needs. You have to manage the partnership. You have to manage your goals. And then you have to manage your legacy. So we'll mm-hmm. go one at a time. So needs. Uh, so this refers to making sure you have everything necessary to be happy, enjoy mm-hmm. the relationship, Enjoy your life within the relationship as well as basic physical requirements, mm-hmm. such as but not limited to health and fitness, sex, attention, intimacy, finances, housekeeping, social life, self-expression, family, uh, access, support for, and acceptance of one's highest aspirations for your own life. Mm-hmm. This is another list that's not limited to the imagination. However, if you don't know who you really are, this list won't be able to, com- to be complete, and you won't know you're not getting your needs met until breakdowns occur, mm-hmm. and you find yourself surprised or shocked you didn't get what you wanted to need, followed by a likely emotional outburst, whether mm-hmm. you withheld the outburst or just did it all to yourself, or you vomited on your partner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that happens all the time, right? Not mm-hmm. doing not doing this step is like failing to put gas in the car, even though you're planning on driving cross country, or having unprotected sex, catching something bad, and being surprised by it, then getting upset with the person you had sex with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, like, when you don't know who you are, you're asking for trouble. You got to know who you are, right? So, mm-hmm. in addition to handling your needs. Um, if you don't know who you really are, you won't be able to successfully handle the second part called partnership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I know I don't have to go into like the part about uh, what do you call it about uh, um, needs because everybody knows they gotta pay their rent, they gotta eat, they gotta. Everybody knows that, but but they don't know how fundamental it is to having a relationship work. They kind of do, but not the way it's designed. Mm-hmm. So that's just to lay the foundation for everything else. It's not, and for some people, they don't know that that's not the only part of the game. But for some people, mm-hmm. they think that's the whole game. I got all my needs met. I'm happy. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's not it. So that having your needs met is so that you can do the other three things. 
So partnership can best be explained by distinguishing three states of relatedness, which mm-hmm. is dependence, independence, interdependence. Mm-hmm. So when you're together, you need to be present to all three of them and knowing how to work with them. So I'm going to talk about each one of those three right now. Okay. So dependence is in relationships where one party needs to be taken care of in some way and cannot or does not contribute directly to the party they're depending on. Mm-hmm. This, this can look like being a victim. It could look like being unable, unable to perform because of a lack of skill, knowledge, etc., or the parent-child relationship. Though there may be a relationship, there's no playing together, and if there's either no desire to play together or awareness of the value of playing together, the opportunities of playing together never come to fruition. They never happen. But there's going to be times in your relationship when one of you is dependent on the other. Mm -hmm. My experience is that, generally speaking, women hate it when a man is dependent on her for something. But mm-hmm. they don't have no. But neither men or women have any problem with women being dependent on men for stuff. Mm-hmm. But but this is why this is in the area of partnership, because you know I have a concept called who's in charge of what, and mm-hmm. when. Mm-hmm. Right, because sometimes you know you're the only one that can do what needs to get done, and so right. you need you need to know that, and you need to be okay mm-hmm. with that, and so does he. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and neither one of you need to be able to make it wrong if you want to have the relationship working. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Then the second part is independence. Independence is operating from a fundamental viewpoint that one can operate on their own and usually, but not always, won't allow others to play with them, invite others to play with them, and eventually ends up creating a self-fulfilling prophecy of being alone even while amongst the crowd. When it comes mm-hmm. to relationships, when it comes to relationships, being independent is a strategy and a tool, but not a way of life. There are times when being independent works best, but only inside of a context of the next state of relatedness, which is interdependence. This is the state where people are able to independently work together which may sound like an oxymoron, but when you think about it, it's like dancing. You can dance by yourself, but it's way more fun to dance with a partner. In the, mm-hmm. dancing, in the dancing partnership, you dance in ways that work for both of you and your partner without either of you telling the other what to do, how to do it, why, when, etc. And each experience is the best of being both, uh, the best of being all three, dependent, independent, and interdependent, because interdependence is experienced as all three when it's perfected. This means mm-hmm. everyone does their part. Everyone knows what part they're responsible for, and everyone has a chance to win. When mm-hmm. you understand when somebody has to be dependent or you're okay with the dependency because you understand that's, a, that's naturally going to happen, when you naturally take advantage of your your ability to be independent, but you don't abuse your ability to be independent. Mm-hmm. And then when you bring two complete whole human beings who can be independent and join your independence together, you become interdependent. 
You got two people who completely can operate on their own, but they work better when they're together. That's, got it. That's the epitome of partnership. This is what I got. <laughs> so far. Got it. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. So the third <clears throat> part is goals. Mm-hmm. When designed and recognized for what they are, goals are really great games to play. This is why you need to identify what your highest aspirations for a relationship and what your highest aspirations for your life is. You also need your partner to know this about themselves. Mm-hmm. When you and your partner, when you and your partner both know these two things, you'll naturally create goals that make you both happy, make you want to be around each other for much more than just sex and romance, to fulfill your own, your partner's, and the relationship's needs, mm-hmm. and enhance and enhance your relationship because all of the success you'll experience as a result of playing together. In addition, you'll experience an extreme level of trust, personal growth, admiration that has nothing to do with relationships, but will obviously add to that, as well as, and most of all, turn your partner into your best friend. Someone, mm. someone you'll be willing to even give your life for because you'll know that if they're no longer with you, life won't be worth living anyway. Mm. Got it. I'm going to read that one again. When you play and create the right games to play, you'll experience an extreme level of trust, personal growth, admiration for each other that has nothing to do with relationships per se, but will obviously add to that as well, and most of all, turn your partner into your very best friend, someone you'll be willing to even give your life for because you'll know that if they're no longer with you, life won't be worth living anyway. Mm -hmm. Got it. Creating and fulfilling goals with your partner will put stars in your eyes when it comes to your partner. Creating and fulfilling goals with your partner will make you grow as a human being. Creating and fulfilling goals with your partner will keep the love alive in your partner, in your relationship, even beyond your life. Let me, give, let me tell you what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. See, when relationships are working, the people around them are noticing that those relationships are working. Yeah. And so you're impacting them, and they remember even after you're gone mm-hmm. what was going on. That love is still present in others. Got it. Yeah. It's, it's present in your, in, your, in your children, in your family, in your coworkers, and the people that come around you. It's just present. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not just your love. It's like Right, you're the gift for everyone. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah. And then the fourth part, which is legacy. Legacy is a combination of setting goals and the memories that result from going for them, regardless of whether you actually reach your goals or not. 
However, when you think about it, life isn't really a destination anyway. It's the journey that counts. Your legacy is the journey you and your partner co-create. This is why legacy is so important. You're already creating a legacy with your partner, whether you know it or not. A person's legacy could be likened to a combination of your brand and your biography. Mm -hmm. It's the story of the you you created. Legacy, when it comes to relationships, is the only aspect of managing today and tomorrow that lives in both domains, the past and the future, today and tomorrow. Well, actually, the past and the future. The aspect that's the past provides nourishment for all three aspects of the relationship, you and your partner in the space in between, and guides them in the creation of future goals and experiences. When all is said and done, this section, more than all the others before it, is the reason to be in a relationship. Understanding how to manage today and tomorrow leads to exquisite happiness, the type of happiness that makes you want to cry when you stop and think about it because it makes you so happy. To make sure everything you and your partner needs is in place and available. To work and play together in the most important games you can possibly ever imagine playing, and playing it is that both of your lives depended on it, and as if you were dancing the perfect dance together at the same time, to set goals that make your jaw drop, especially after achieving them, and to look back on all your achievements, basking and celebrate the achievements while acknowledging each other for your parts in the achievement, and then, best of all, to go out and do it again and again and again with your favorite person doing your favorite things, that is what it looks like. And that is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. That is, and that is the reality of happily ever after. Got it. That's happily ever after. Mm-hmm. You, you make sure that your life and your life of your partner is working is settled and complete in the areas of needs and workability. Mm-hmm. You, learn, you learn, practice, and perfect how to work together to make things happen that bring you joy. You create, go for, and achieve goals that light you both up. Then you celebrate, honor, and experience the joy of that, that achievement. And then you go do it again and again and again for the next however many decades you're together. That's why... People want to be in a great relationship, whether they hang, have the language to say it or not. Mm-hmm. So now, I'm going to end this with a quote from Neil Donald Walsh, the author of Conversations with God. You familiar with that? Um, I've heard about it, although I have never yeah. read it. Great. So, here's a quote from him. The purpose of humanity is to decide and declare, express, and experience the next grandest version of the greatest vision ever we held about who we are. I'm going to read that again. The purpose of humanity is to decide and declare, express, and experience the next grandest version of the greatest vision ever we held about who we are. 
So I'm inviting you to take this quote uh, one step further. The purpose of relationship is to decide and declare, express and experience the next grandest version of the greatest vision ever we held about love. Because in reality, there's nothing more important than loving. Yes. Amen. That's that's the program. That's the whole program. We're done. We are complete. Wow. Got it. Yeah. So I had to go through all of those other five sessions just to be able to stay in the session. But when all is said and done, the best relationships, all they're doing is this session. They'll just live in this session here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because when you think about it, this is so simple. Yeah. It's like it's like the team management leadership program, but it's just you and your partner and you're all a team and you're all playing the games together. Mm-hmm. And you're learning how to get better at playing the games together. Precisely, yeah. And and you're loving yourselves and you're loving each other to pers- completely. It's like there's nothing else to do. It's simple. It's like two kids who's five years old going to the playground, playing in the playground, going home, come back tomorrow, play it again, play the playground playground again. If they stayed five years old forever, they would have fun that same kind of way forever. And except for we grow up, and so we have romantic relationships. <laughs> so yeah, we're doing, we're and doing the we can together. have fun together the same way. <laughs> exactly. In fact, so much better if we just get out of our own way and accept it. Mm-hmm. True. So, anything you want to say about what you got? That's awesome. I mean, I really can feel, or I, I don't know, Tony, if um, you know, other clients or coaches or students, however you call them, um, mm. get the coaching the way I did, but because um, we spread it out through so many months, it really, yeah. really, I can really see the impact of all of it in my life. So I'm very thankful. Mm. And mm. I did not, you know, see it unfolding that way, but that knowledge that you provided me with is really something like Willemar Farm that sticks with you and you don't forget those things. You might not know exactly the distinctions or exactly, you know, how you said it, but you get the, you get the coaching. Like when you want to get yeah. the coaching, you get the coaching and you really get to um, practice it in your life. And so because mm-hmm. I had so much time, I literally, you know, like I said, when I remembered the first session sitting on the floor, and I think I remember the second session I was like at my ex's house, the second session we were doing good. And, and I remember you said to me, I was like, so how do you see this unfolding? He's like, you're going to get it. And like, you know, probably by mid-January I'll be out. And I was out by the end of December. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so that was that. And, you know, and it seems so like, oh, my God, that's not going to work. It's going to really be impossible. Now, what do I do with like when those those kind of feelings show up and, you know, like, would this, I mean, will this freaking go away? Kind of like, oh, what about this person? I don't know, like, this is my adventurous soul being 34 and never settled down with anybody. You know, I got married for like a year and a half and I was engaged for a year and in the relationship for, you know, like two years, three years. But, and I'm pretty much like a relationship person. But so, so I think like the danger and the thing that shows up for me, it's like, uh, okay, so if I were to commit now, I would want it to like commit for real and like have it really work. And for, you know, 
stick to it. So how do you get rid of this, like, thinking that maybe I should just give it up of, you know, like, oh, that's going to be commitment until the end of my life. So they have to be, like, perfect in that way. You know what I mean? Not that I don't want to commit until the end of my life, but, like, is it, is it, is this that, you know, or can I, you know, cause, cause everything is working with me. Everything is just great. Except I wish he was like six, three and not, you know, five, 10 or nine or whatever he is. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, Monica, get over it yourself. Like what the hell's wrong with you? So, you know, so like, I, I guess my, my, uh, thing that, that confronts me, it's like, you know, how do I know this is like, perfect, now I can get, I get to commit and, you know, and it's going to be for real and get rid of the idea that it has to look a certain way. How do you do that? Um, well, um, you want to go back to session one in order to use that as your tool for qualifying him. Oh, like um, the must must haves and all that. Yeah. Yeah, you want to do that? Okay, got it. That's my high. That 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 and your uh, relate in your personal life charter. Got it. Okay. You got to handle it, but you got to be a thousand percent clear on what it is that you're dealing with, you want, and all of that stuff. So you want to be mm-hmm. able. To, you want to be able to make decisions that you know you're still going to be happy with after you get the, the decision made and after you get the result from your choices. And the only way to do that is if you know yourself inside and out. You know, like, so, for example, for me, um, you know, I know that uh, I want to be with a certain type of woman. And I don't care how, how hot or fun a woman might be in front of me. You know, if she's not going to be living the same, mm-hmm. one, live the same kind of life I want to live, it's nothing to talk mm-hmm. about. Not even tempted, <laughs> you know. But I'm clear mm-hmm. and I'm patient. You Got know, it. so you know, because and the other thing is, I don't play the game so for so many years. I don't, I don't even need to play it anymore. Personally, it's not you know, it's not a self-expression. It's like, you know, you play with toys enough. After a while, you're tired of playing with toys. You know what I'm saying? Like, what am I doing? For? <laughs> Put the toys yeah. down, you go play with grown up things, right? So <laughs> you know. Uh so I don't need yeah. I don't I don't I don't need to, personally I don't need to do that anymore. So um, you know, but another thing is um you know, you, you, it, maybe it's time for you to learn how to start dating because here's where here's where I'm at. Um what I've discovered over the years is that we operate inside of uh we, we have three stages of development that we grow through in order to be in the relationship of our dreams with the partner of our dreams. Now, we don't have to do them in order, but the normal order that it comes in is, one, knowing how to get somebody, two, knowing how to keep somebody, three, knowing how to choose to write somebody. So mm-hmm. happily ever after is about how to choose to write somebody and how to keep them, but it doesn't teach you, like, you know, for example, how to date. You know, it doesn't teach you, like, how to go through the qualifying process. You know, uh, it doesn't talk about the different stages of, of, of relationship, like how you go through the stages of relationship. So, you know, when I talked about the anatomy of dating, you know, that was what's possible for you to, to go through, which is understanding the dating process because the dating process includes qualifying. That's actually the second biggest 
part of the dating process and there's nine stages. You know, I also could see, you know, providing you some additional support around it because I got a couple of extra tools that, you know, I don't want to have you like tie you up for the next three months unless you wanted to work with me for the next three months, but that's up to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but, um, you know, what I see is, is, is possible is for you to really understand how to see who's the right one for you. And the things that I gave you will do it, but you also still need to go through, you know, the state, like there's the stages of a conversation that, that um, is part of the wisdom course in Landmark. And then there's the technology for accomplishment, which is the stages of a conversation for accomplishing something, right? Dating is, the, is, the, is a conversational stage. It's the, it's the conversational stages for getting into a relationship and being happy about being in a relationship. So, you know, I'm, I'm sharing that with you because that might be something that, you know, it's something I would recommend that you do. Um, you know, it would, take, it would take eight weeks, but I think you would be, um, uh, you know, the questions you have about who's in front of you and how you should go about it, I think those would be, those would be killed. Now you know what it's going to be like and how to act inside of that, you know, the relationship of your dreams. Now you'll be able to kind of recognize them. You, you're getting pretty good at it. And, um, you know, understanding the dating process, you'll be able to maintain the dating process the rest of your life with ease because you'll understand it. And you'll be able to help him understand it too just from, from, from being with you. And by the way, I want you to know that uh, my experience is the, uh, the most successful relationships, most of the most successful relationships, um, the woman is in charge and the guy don't know it. So understanding the dating process is a big part of that process, which is um, understanding, like, like letting you learn how to be in charge of the relationship, <laughs> even though, you know, he doesn't know it. So I haven't talked to you for a few minutes, so uh, let me hear what you, what you got going on there, what you're hearing. Are you on mute? I ain't hearing you now. Yeah, I, I was on mute from talking to oh. myself. The whole I was, time I was, I was making, wondering. The yeah, whole time I'm making talking. noises. The whole time I'm like, mm, yeah, I got it, I got it. Up until you said, are you on mute? Oh, my God, that's so funny to me. I'm just talking to myself. That's oh, so like, funny. Oh. It's going to oh, sound yeah, like you're going. talking to yourself. I'm like talking the whole time. Yeah, mm-hmm, I got it totally. Yeah, so la, 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 la. Oh, my God, that's so funny. I didn't even notice that I was on mute. Uh, well, I'm sorry. So you That's didn't hear funny. any of my contributions. Not, not one word. I was like, what? <laughs> what? 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 You know? I didn't hear so words said. So, yes, yeah, so I'm happy to hear some feedback on whatever it is I was saying, you know? I hear that, um, you know, and, and I agree with you that the coaching that, you know, you provided me with the last, uh, with uh, Happily Ever After over the last uh, months and week was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how to. Uh, kind of know yourself, know your purpose in life and in a relationship and recognize mm-hmm. what's the deal about relationships. And mm-hmm. um, in terms of, you know, coming from a place of uh, picking the right person, I mean, not picking the right person, you know, recognizing how the person and you are, you know, are together and mm-hmm. whether it works or not. Um, and that's that. Uh, and then the dating coaching would be something to kind of go over how the dating should look like and how, um, yeah, and how what to do, not to go same old, same old. And I really, really like the the, the ending 
uh, mm. what you said about, and it's so funny because you didn't hear any of my feedback as I was, you know, <laughs> throwing it in there. <laughs> of uh, now, kind of, kind of like, oh my god, I said all these things on how, um, <laughs> you know, and I agreed on so many things. Uh, mm. How, um, you know, the playing like kids. Yeah, like mm. playing like kids, you know, and just, you know, we, we just kind of take different tools and different ways and just, you know, doing the best things with the, your best friend. Like, really, yeah. that's what it is. And, um, yeah, yeah, totally. And so I can absolutely see that, you know, just being the case and, and, and kind of seeing how I get to be responsible for, you know, creating this in my life or kind of inviting it in my life and, and having the intentions and, you know, being what you know very clear about it and and assessing whether this is it or not yeah yeah good so you know i don't know if you want to continue with you know the next program or not but i'm, I'm checking in since we have this conversation. I can do you do you have any like breakdown of it or you don't normally normally talk to people what you know how the sessions look like or or how do you go about that i'll 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 i'll, I'll give you a breakdown of it so mm-hmm. um so the nine steps to dating looks exactly like the nine steps to a sale. Uh-huh. It's amazing. So um, dating is um, a series of conversations, conversational stages. It's not actually a series of conversations. It's like where are you in the conversation? So, you know, like uh, with the technology for accomplishment, you know, you start out with relatedness and then you create possibility and then you create uh, feasible opportunities, action, and then completion, correct? Yes. Okay. So when it comes to dating, um, you've got nine stages, and you may not need all of them, but you need to know them all. So the stages are uh, preparation, so you want to prepare before you go you know, on a date. Um, and if you're not with somebody, then the next thing is to do prospecting. Well, it's always prospecting. Prospecting is looking for who to date. Mm-hmm. And if you're in, and if you're in a relationship now, you're looking to see if your partner is available and interested in a date. So you want to like look and see is this person ready? You know, if I ask them out, do you want to want to do something? So you want to prospect. Uh, the third is to start the conversation, greeting, breaking the ice, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. The fourth, the fourth is is relatedness, creating relatedness. Um, this mm-hmm. is where you get a chance to find out what's going on with the person there, or, or at least are y'all on the same page because you're possibly going on the same page. Then the fifth stage is called qualifying, which is the second biggest uh, uh, area that you want to master uh, after uh, preparation, because preparation is really like the, the game is won or lost in preparation, okay? Um, but you want to qualify your partner. So if you like dating somebody or you're going on a date, you want to find out if this person is, is worth it or you can make it happen or whatever. Um, and then if you're in the long-term relationship, you want to qualify to see if this person is ready to go on a date because you already know that they're they one for you, but like, you know, uh, are they ready? Do I need to do something like that? So you want to inspect them. Mm-hmm. Uh, qualifying could be inspecting. Um, then um, the uh, next stage is presenting yourself, which is, you know, making an offer. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, and I want you to like me, so, you know, I'm going to let you know that, um, you know, you present yourself in ways that make you hopefully irresistible. Um, and then the next is uh, overcoming objections. Because mm-hmm. uh, usually you go for the close and then you got to overcome objection if it's one day. And then you go back for the close again, right? So closing and uh, overcoming objection, closing together, but you have to understand each stage, right? So you, you mm-hmm. know, I'm teaching you how to overcome objections in, in the dating process. And then I'll teach you 
what the objections are. So you actually need to know what possible objections are there to come up before you can even start handling them. And then uh, how to close, and then how to take it to the next stage, which is referred to as upselling. You know, you go to grocery store, and when you get there, they got all of this little knick-knack inspirational, like, uh, impulsive things for you to buy. You think you spend a ten dollars, you spend thirteen because you bought this magazine at the counter, right? So upselling. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we What are we doing next, right? So there. So those are the ten conversational stages of the dating process, and then there is the. Um, then there's the relationship stages. So the relationship stages of uh, of a relationship is where are you in the process from hello to I do. Mm. Yeah. So what that looks like is, um, you know, there's like four stages. So so the first part before you actually are officially in a relationship, you're just dating. But mm-hmm. You may not you may not know when the dating process starts or what happens in each one of those stages. So, for example, in the dating process, um, there's a time usually when somebody says, so where's this relationship going? Before then, you're always just dating. But once you start being in a relationship, you start blending your life together, and then there's a whole bunch of things that has to happen for you to, uh, uh, you know, go through those successfully in a way that makes everybody happy. Mm-hmm. So... You know, there's there's before the relationship really starts and you're just dating, and then it's after the relationship when it really starts, and then transforming and going through those stages. Because there's ten stages, by the way. Um, the first um, four, um, one, two, three, four. The first five, excuse me, are the dating stop process. The second five is the relationship process. And so I'll walk you through each one of those stages as well, how to uh, navigate. And, and but even more than how to navigate to be able to see exactly where you are. Mm-hmm. So, so for example, there's this uh, stage called exclusivity. We've decided, mm-hmm. to, be exclu- we've decided to be exclusive. Mm-hmm. That's, the be- that's the beginning of blending your lives together. That's the beginning of relationship. Mm-hmm. So but before you decide to be exclusive, you're not exclusive. Like, you may be operating exclusively, but you haven't declared that you're going to be exclusive. Before then, before then, you're just taking time and having fun together, and then you go separate ways. Once you become mm-hmm. exclusive, it's, it starts the process of blending your lives together, even though it's pre-blending. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, so what happens is once you decide to be exclusive, then you start looking like, what's it like to be exclusive? But at the same time, you start naturally bringing your lives together. You know, you'll leave clothes at his house. He'll leave clothes at your house. Right? <laughs> we did it really fast. <laughs> yes, I understand that. I understand that. So, uh-huh. so, yeah, so you want to, like, deal with all of that, be able to deal with that. So, um, you know, the anatomy of dating will provide uh, all of that uh, so that you can walk your way through it, um, you know, all of those stages. So you actually know how to take advantage of stages and, Another thing about the, uh, the anatomy of dating is that it'll teach you how to teach yourself how to be great at dating. Because here's the problem. Here's the challenge. When people are dating, um, they usually give up in the stage that they are not good at. So, for mm-hmm. example, a guy might be really popular and friendly with people, but he's scared to say hello. So he will not go dating because he'll never ask, he'll never say hello to a woman he might be interested in. Mm. He may be great. He may be great at presenting himself. 
He may be great at qualifying her. He may be great at getting related. But if he's scared to say hello, ain't nothing happening. And he won't even, he'll think he sucks because he's, he's, he's at that place. You know, another woman, a woman might be scared to date because she don't know how to qualify a guy. Though she mm-hmm. knows how to present herself. And then she gets caught up in that. So she's like, she's reluctant to go dating because she can't tell who she's dating with. She can't figure, tell how to figure out who this guy is. So she's like, ah, I'm not going to go out, you know. So, you know, you've got – so what happens is most people are great at – good or great at six of the nine stages of dating. Mm-hmm. But they never get past the first uh, barrier. Mm-hmm. And they think about it because as far as they're concerned, they suck. And so they quit right there. And so in, what happens is when you go through these stages, you start learning, oh, I don't know this one, but I know these other ones. Oh, so all i got to do is be good at these two or three and I'm good? Yes, exactly. Mm. Now, now, for you as a woman, the, another great thing about the anatomy of dating is it teaches you how to be in charge of the relationship without your man ever knowing it. <laughs> got it. You know, um, so first thing is that um, – you know, the person with the strongest emotions is in charge of the relationship, at least yes, for a time. Mm-hmm. Right? So women, that, yeah. gener- yes, women generally have the strongest emotions, but now you can use how to, um, so for example, you can use how to uh, present yourself, how to upsell, mm-hmm. how to start conversations and get related in ways that have you be in charge and he just wants to take care of you. He just wants mm. to make you happy. So mm-hmm. you learn how to you learn how to use the the the, the stages to a sale. I mean, stages to a dating, which is the same thing, really. You selling him on on doing what you want him to do, but you're doing it so smooth he don't know that's what you're doing. Yeah. So that's what you that's what you'd be getting out of the anatomy of dating. You'd be getting the stages to a date, the uh, the stages of of date of of dating, right? The nine stages of dating. Uh, you'd be getting uh, the ten stages to uh, 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 the ten stages of a relationship. Um, you'd be getting uh mastering the qualifying process. And um, you know, I'm I'm not sure. I might I might throw in an additional uh, uh thing. I got this uh I had this program called Qualifying Men. Um mm-hmm. and in and inside of qualify inside of qualifying mm-hmm. men, um I have this uh uh this distinction called the top mm-hmm. twenty differences the top twenty differences between men and women. So I might throw that mm-hmm. in too. But uh mm-hmm. Got it. But, uh, but, that's, but that's what you'd be getting if you decided to do, do that. Do I have to decide on this right now, Tony, or can I nope, take my time? You're not. Okay. You can take Great. your time. I'm just letting you know. I mean, you know, I know where to find you. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Yes, you might not awesome. need it, but, you know, when, when we were talking, it sounded like you might. You yeah, know, I, totally. I can hear it would benefit you, but uh, yeah, it's a lot about, in there. I'm all about the self, edu- you know, development and education, so I'm all for yes. it. Yes, and you know you're just we're providing that as well with your fitness. So, um, uh, mm-hmm. and then and then you know on my website tonyveer.com, dot com, mm-hmm. um, you know I got a description of it. So, awesome, that's great, very good. All right. So, and you don't mind if I like tag you on Instagram or Facebook or anything? Don't mind it at all. Matter of fact, I like it when you be uh, liking my stuff. You know. Okay, so, great. Keep, keep on doing it, my sister. Keep doing it. Awesome. Thank so, you uh, so, so very much. So, yeah, we're completing. So I want to know anything you want to say uh, to be complete. No, that was awesome. I'm very thankful for all your coaching. And I'm 
seeing the benefits of it in my life. Therefore, you know. I might be back very soon. (laughs) All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, my pleasure. And what I want you to know is I acknowledge you for getting the program. And I appreciate you getting the program because, you know, when somebody listens to you, it's an amazing thing. And as a guy, you know, offering advice and then they're getting it, I had the experience, I have the experience of being successful with you. So, you know, that would be the that would be the same thing as, you know, you feeling safe and secure because mm-hmm. of what I gave you. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I want you to know mm-hmm. that you, it was a benefit, you know, from an internal experience, you know, at the highest level a guy could f- feel, which is to be successful. So I appreciate awesome. that. And um, I'm grateful that you have what you what you got. Um, and uh, so I acknowledge you for pulling the course to you. Even though it took a while, you know, the time-wise, I wasn't enrolled in that. But other than that, it was it was great working with you, and I want you to know that. Thank you so much, Shoni. It was great, and I don't think that that's the end of it. So Awesome. I'll be around. <laughs> All right. Hang on, All right. Thank you Talk. so much, Shoni. Have Talk a wonderful Yeah, you too.